Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, September 13th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God. As it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kitavo, and it means, When you go in. Deuteronomy 27, 11-23 That same day Moses also gave this charge to the people. When you cross the Jordan River, the tribes of Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin must stand on Mount Gerizim to proclaim a blessing over the people. And the tribes of Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali must stand on Mount Ebal to proclaim a curse. Then the Levites will shout to all the people of Israel, Cursed! is anyone who carves or casts an idol and secretly sets it up. These idols, the work of craftsmen, 
are detestable to the Lord. And all the people will say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who dishonors father or mother. And all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who steals property from a neighbor by moving a boundary marker. And all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who leads a blind person astray on the road. And all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who denies justice to foreigners, orphans, or widows. And all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with one of his father's wives, for he has violated his father. And all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with an animal. And all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his sister, whether she is the daughter of his father or his mother. And all the people will reply, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual intercourse with his mother-in-law. And all the people will reply, Amen. Isaiah 12, 1-14-32 In that day you, Israel, will sing, I will praise you, O Lord. You were angry with me, but not any more. Now you comfort me. See, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. With joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. In that wonderful day you will sing, Thank the Lord. Praise his name. Tell the nations what he has done. Let them know how mighty he is. Sing to the Lord, for he has done wonderful things. Make known his praise around the world. Let all the people of Jerusalem shout his praise with joy. For great is the Holy One of Israel who lives among you. Isaiah son of Amos received this message concerning the destruction of Babylon. Raise a signal flag on a bare hilltop. Call up an army against Babylon. Wave your hand to encourage them as they march into the palaces of the high and mighty. I, the Lord, have dedicated these soldiers for this task. Yes, I have called mighty warriors to express my anger, and they will rejoice when I am exalted. Hear the noise on the mountains. Listen as the vast armies march. It is the noise and shouting of many nations. The Lord of Heaven's armies has called this army together. They come from distant countries from beyond the farthest horizons. They are the Lord's weapons to carry out His anger. With them He will destroy the whole land. Scream in terror, for the day of the Lord has arrived. The time for the Almighty to destroy. Every arm is paralyzed with fear. Every heart melts and people are terrified. Pangs of anguish grip them like those of a woman in labor. They look helplessly at one another, their faces aflame with fear. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate, and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be black above them, the stars will give no light, the sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will provide no light. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil. 
and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. I will make people scarcer than gold, more rare than the fine gold of Ophir. For I will shake the heavens. The earth will move from its place when the Lord of heaven's armies displays his wrath in the day of his fierce anger. Everyone in Babylon will run about like a hunted gazelle, like sheep without a shepherd. They will try to find their own people and flee to their own land. Anyone who is captured will be cut down, run through with a sword. Their little children will be dashed to death before their eyes. Their homes will be sacked and their wives will be raped. Look, I will stir up the Medes against Babylon. They cannot be tempted by silver or bribed with gold. The attacking armies will shoot down the young men with arrows. They will have no mercy on helpless babies and will show no compassion for the children. Babylon, the most glorious of kingdoms, the flower of Chaldean pride, will be devastated like Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them. Babylon will never be inhabited again. It will remain empty for generation after generation. Nomads will refuse to camp there, and shepherds will not bed down their sheep. Desert animals will move into the ruined city, and the houses will be haunted by howling creatures. Owls will live among the ruins, and wild goats will go there to dance. Hyenas will howl in its fortresses, and jackals will make dens in its luxurious palaces. Babylon's days are numbered. Its time of destruction will soon arrive. But the Lord will have mercy on the descendants of Jacob. He will choose Israel as his special people once again. He will bring them back to settle once again in their own land, and people from many different nations will come and join them there and unite with the people of Israel. The nations of the world will help the people of Israel to return, and those who come to live in the Lord's land will serve them. Those who captured Israel will themselves be captured, and Israel will rule over its enemies. In that wonderful day, when the Lord gives his people rest from sorrow and fear, from slavery and chains, you will taunt the king of Babylon. You will say, The mighty man has been destroyed. Yes, your insolence is ended. For the Lord has crushed your wicked power and broken your evil rule. You struck the people with endless blows of rage and held the nations in your angry grip with unrelenting tyranny. But finally, the earth is at rest and quiet. Now it can sing again. Even the trees of the forest, the cypress trees, and the cedars of Lebanon sing out this joyous song. Since you have been cut down, no one will come now to cut us down. In the place of the dead, there is excitement over your arrival. The spirits of world leaders and mighty kings long dead stand up to see you. 
With one voice they all cry out. Now you are as weak as we are. Your might and power were buried with you. The sound of the harp in your palace has ceased. Now maggots are your sheet, and worms your blanket. How you are fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning! You have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the Most High. Instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, Can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? The kings of the nations lie in stately glory, each in his own tomb, but you will be thrown out of your grave like a worthless branch, like a corpse trampled underfoot. You will be dumped into a mass grave with those killed in battle. You will descend to the pit. You will not be given a proper burial, for you have destroyed your nation and slaughtered your people. The descendants of such an evil person will never again receive honor. Kill this man's child. Let them die because of their father's sins. They must not rise and conquer the earth, filling the world with their cities. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, Yahweh Sabaoth, says. I myself have risen against Babylon. I will destroy its children and its children's children, says the Lord. I will make Babylon a desolate place of owls, filled with swamps and marshes. I will sweep the land with the broom of destruction. I, the Lord of Heaven's armies, have spoken. The Lord of Heaven's armies has sworn this oath. It will all happen as I have planned. It will be as I have decided. I will break the Assyrians when they are in Israel. I will trample them on my mountains. My people will no longer be their slaves, nor bow down under their heavy loads. I have a plan for the whole earth, a hand of judgment upon all the nations. The Lord of Heaven's armies has spoken who can change his plans. When his hand is raised, who can stop him? This message came to me the year King Ahaz died. Do not rejoice, you Philistines, that the Lord has struck you broken, that the king who attacked you is dead. For from that snake a more poisonous snake will be born, a fiery serpent to destroy you. I will feed the poor in my pasture, the needy will lie down in peace. But as for you, I will wipe you out with famine and destroy the few who remain. Wail at the gates. Weep in the cities. Melt with fear, you Philistines. A powerful army comes like smoke from the north. Each soldier rushes forward, eager to fight. What should we tell the Philistine messengers? Tell them, The Lord has built Jerusalem. Its walls will give refuge to his oppressed people. 
2 Corinthians 13, 1-14 This is the time, the third time, I am coming to visit you, and as the scriptures say, the facts of every case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I have already warned those who had been sinning when I was there on my second visit. Now I again warn them, and all others, just as I did before, that next time I will not spare them. I will give you all the proof you want that Christ speaks through me. Christ is not weak when he deals with you. He is powerful among you. Although he was crucified in weakness, he now lives by the power of God. We too are weak, just as Christ was. But when we deal with you, we will be alive with him and will have God's power. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Yeshua HaMashiach is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. As you test yourselves, I hope you will recognize that we have not failed the test of apostolic authority. We pray to God that you will not do what is wrong by refusing our correction. I hope we won't need to demonstrate our authority when we arrive. Do the right thing before we come, even if that makes it look like we have failed to demonstrate our authority. For we cannot oppose the truth, but must always stand for the truth. We are glad to seem weak if it helps show that you are actually strong. We pray that you will become mature. I am writing this to you before I come, hoping that I won't need to deal severely with you when I do come. For I want to use the authority the Lord has given me to strengthen you, not to tear you down. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All of God's people here send you their greetings. May the grace of Yeshua HaMashiach, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Psalm 57, 1-11 Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. I cry out to God Most High, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will waken the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the peoples. I will sing your praises among the nations. 
for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Proverbs 23, 9-11 Don't waste your breath on fools, for they will despise the wisest advice. Don't cheat your neighbor by moving the ancient boundary markers. Don't take the land of defenseless orphans, for their Redeemer is strong. He himself will bring their charges against you. I want to speak to you today from Isaiah chapter 13, and I'm going to cross-connect it to several other passages in the Bible to tie it all together. And the theme, the main theme of this chapter is the day of the Lord and his judgment of the end of days, daughter of Babylon, nation. Now in Jeremiah chapter 13, or no, not Jeremiah, Isaiah chapter 13. It starts off in verse 2. Raise a signal flag on a bare hilltop. Call up an army against Babylon. And verse 3. I, the Lord, have dedicated these soldiers for this task. Yes, I have called mighty warriors to express my anger, and they will rejoice when I am exalted. Listen. As the vast armies march, it is the noise and shouting of many nations. Now, I believe that the end of days, daughter of Babylon nation, that this is talking about, she is the hindermost nation. And that word hindermost in Hebrew is akarit, which means the youngest nation. And she's a nation surrounded by big bodies of water. That, I believe, is referring to the United States of America. We have the Pacific Ocean on the west and the Atlantic Ocean on the east and big the major lakes in, in the heartland. And so the Lord is going to be sending these armies. Let's continue on. He says in verse 4, The Lord of heaven's armies has called this army together. Why? Well, verse 5, They come from distant countries and from beyond the farthest horizons. Here's the why. They are the Lord's weapons to carry out his anger. With them, he will destroy the whole land. This is future prophetic. The Lord has done this before historically. He sent the ancient nation of Babylon to Judah, to the southern kingdom, and took the uh, Jewish people into captivity to to Babylon. He sent the ancient uh, historical nation of Assyria, um, to attack the northern kingdom and to take the northern kingdom, the house of Israel, into captivity. And it was God behind it because he was judging and punishing both the northern and the southern kingdom for their idolatry. So this is a way that God works is he will use a foreign army or uh, c- confederacy, a coalition of nations to execute judgment. Let's continue on. Verse 11. I, the Lord, will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their sin. I will crush the arrogance of the proud and humble the pride of the mighty. Now, here's a big clue as to when this might be happening. What is the context? Verse 13. For I will shake the heavens. 
the earth will move from its place when the Lord of Heaven's armies displays his wrath in the day of his fierce anger. Now there's a tremendous earthquake that is associated to uh, the Gog-Magog war. And in Ezekiel chapter 38, starting in verse 18, it says this, But this is what the Sovereign Lord says, When Gog invades the land of Israel, my fury will boil over. In my jealousy and blazing anger, I promise a mighty shaking in the land of Israel on that day. All living things, the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, the animals of the field, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the people on earth will quake in the terror of my presence. Mountains will be thrown down, cliffs will crumble, walls will fall to the earth. So there's this great shaking, and God is going to shake both the heavens and the earth. And it's associated to this Gog-Magog war. So now, while Israel, the land of Israel, is under attack, I believe that this other attack against the end of days daughter Babylon nation, also known as the United States of America, will also come under attack right about the same time. And if you want more details on this, read Jeremiah 50 and 51. Both of those chapters are all about the attack, the military attack against the end of days daughter of Babylon nation. The reason I bring up this passage from Ezekiel 38 is because the clue that we just read in Isaiah talks about a great shaking. The earth will move from its place. That sounds like um, the tilt of the earth will be changed and shifted. The very tilt, the axis of the earth will be changed. Continuing on in verse 17 and 18, look, I will stir up the Medes against Babylon. They cannot be tempted by silver or bribed with gold. All right, who are the Medes? The ancient Medes is modern-day Iran. And isn't it interesting that right now, the U.S. is trying to broker a deal with Iran to revive the Iranian uh, deal, nuclear arms deal that was brokered during the Obama regime. And Israel is pushing back very, very hard because they don't believe that that deal is something that they can um, sleep with at night that the Iranians are, are pursuing hard after becoming a nuclear-armed nation. They probably already have the material for a nuclear bomb. It's probably already sitting in some underground bunker already. And so Israel's pushing back very hard. The U.S. is trying to revive the deal. Iran is a great, clear and present danger, not only to Israel, but also to the West. Israel is the little Satan, and the U.S. is the great Satan. So God is saying, I'm going to stir up the Medes against Babylon. And going on, verse 19, Babylon, the most glorious of kingdoms, the flower of Chaldean pride, will be devastated like Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them. Okay, well... We are going to see something similar with the Gog-Magog war. Look at Ezekiel 38, verse 22. 
We'll start in verse 21. I will summon the sword against you on all the hills of Israel, says the Sovereign Lord. Your men will turn their swords against each other. Verse 22. I will punish you and your armies with disease and bloodshed. I will send torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur. In this way, I will show my greatness and holiness, and I will make myself known to all the nations of the world. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 50, remember 50 and 51, both of these chapters are all about the details of the destruction of the end of days daughter Babylon nation. In Jeremiah 50 verse 40, As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighbors, says the Lord, so no one shall reside there, nor son of man dwell in it. So so in Jeremiah chapter 50, at the very beginning of the chapter, it's talking, it sets the stage for this. It says, Declare among the nations, proclaim and set up a standard, proclaim, do not conceal it. Say, Babylon is taken, Bel is shamed, Merodach is broken in pieces, her idols are humiliated, her images are broken in pieces. For out of the north, a nation comes up against her. Which, what makes sense to me, is Russia, Iran, and possibly China as well. Which shall make her land desolate, which land, the U.S., and no one can dwell therein. They shall move, they shall depart, both man and beast. Verse 4, In those days and in that time, says the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together. That's northern kingdom and southern kingdom. The children of Judah are the Jews. The children of Israel are the non-Jews, the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, who are scattered to all the nations of the earth. So the children of Israel and Judah shall come together with continual weeping. They shall come and they will seek the Lord their God. Verse 5, they shall ask the way to Zion with their faces toward it, saying, Come and let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that will not be forgotten. So, anyway... um, Continuing on in Isaiah chapter 13, actually chapter 14, this is a reference now to the greater exodus to come, the ingathering, the final redemption. Chapter 14, verse 1, but the Lord will have mercy on the descendants of Jacob. He will choose Israel as his special people once again. He will bring them back to settle once again in their own land. And people from many different nations will come and join them there and unite with the people of Israel. That's greater Exodus talk right there. It's very clear, very direct. In verse 3, in that wonderful day when the Lord gives his people rest from sorrow and fear, from slavery and chains, you will taunt the king of Babylon. And you could say that this king of Babylon, maybe he's some kind of a deep state globalist leader. Maybe he's the Antichrist. Maybe he's the leader of the Western world. Um, but he represents being in leadership and an authority over 
this end of days daughter Babylon nation, you will say the mighty man has been destroyed. For the Lord has crushed your wicked power and broken your evil rule. You struck the people with endless blows of rage and held the nations in your angry grip with unrelenting tyranny. Now, when you look at the landscape of what's going on in many of the nations of the world in the last two years with the global pandemic and all the lockdowns and the mask mandates and the jab mandates and all of the small little businesses, many of them that have gone under and will never reopen again, and the consolidation of power, the tyrannical control uh, of of city governor city uh, mayors and state governors and heads of state that have gotten drunk on the power that they wield over the people we're going to see god dismantle that we're going to see him take it all down he's going to punish and he's going to deal with it in verse 22 of chapter 13 babylon's days are numbered its time of destruction will soon arrive. So coming back to this uh, army that's going to invade Babylon, the Lord of Heaven's armies has called this army together. This is chapter 13, verse 5. They come from distant countries, from beyond the farthest horizons. They are the Lord's weapons to carry out his anger. With them he will destroy the whole land. There's a cross-reference passage from Joel chapter 2 that I believe is explaining or describing the same thing from a different angle. Joel chapter 2 talks about this tremendous army, and it's the Lord's army. And yet this army is coming in and bringing in great destruction. And it's an end of days, future prophetic passage. Joel chapter 2, verses uh Starting in verse 1, Below the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. So I believe, as we continue on and we read, that this is actually describing the Gog-Magog war, and that the army that is being described here is sent by God, because he's exercising judgment, and he's bringing in judgment upon the people. And this is how he often operates, is he'll work through a foreign army, a military army, to uh, bring about judgment. Verse 2, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come great and strong, the like of whom has never been seen, nor will ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. A fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses and like swift steeds, so they run. I'm going to jump down to verse 7. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation, and they do not break ranks. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in their own column. Verse 9, they run to and fro in the city, they run on the wall, they climb into the houses, they enter at the windows like a thief, 
The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. What army is this? Verse 11 answers that question. The Lord gives voice before his great army, for his camp is very great, for strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can endure it? So, I mean, the rest of the chapter is really excellent. Basically, it's saying, return to me, repent, come to me with weeping and with fasting and with mourning, rend your heart and humble yourself. And it's calling for a fast and a, and a, a gathering, a sacred assembly to uh, reach out to the Lord in prayer. That's really the only response we can have. So when God sends a foreign invading army, whether it's to Israel and or to the United States, it is him executing his judgment. And our response is to be repentant, to repent, to hit the deck, and to turn to him with all of our heart. So Isaiah chapter 13 is one of those chapters that is describing the plight and the end, the ending of the daughter of Babylon nation, how God is going to deal with her. It's interesting, Donald Trump, when he first came to Washington, D.C., he said he's, he was going to drain the swamp. And yet what God is saying is when he deals with Babylon, with all the corruption, the evil, the pride, he said, the land is never going to be inhabited again. It's going to become a swamp. Verse 23, chapter 14. Verse 23. I will make, this is the Lord speaking, I will make Babylon a desolate place of owls filled with swamps and marshes. I will sweep the land with the broom of destruction. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Now, Donald Trump had good intentions, and he said he wanted to drain the swamp. But what God is saying here is that he's going to turn this end-of-days daughter of Babylon nation. He's going to make it a desolate place, and it'll be filled with swamps and marshes. And he's going to sweep the land with a broom of destruction. So I don't think that Donald Trump had any idea how vast how huge the swamp was. It wasn't just in Washington, D.C. It wasn't just in federal bureaucratic offices throughout the nation, like the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, the State Department, etc., or the NSA. It's global. It's in Israel. It's in Canada. It's throughout Europe. Because you see, the corporate giants the tech giant leaders, the leaders of Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Amazon and, you know, all those tech giants that run those companies, they're really running the show. And the big pharma leaders, the CEO of Pfizer and Moderna and, and then BlackRock, these big corporate giants, they're the ones that are really running things in this world. And the state leaders, the governmental leaders, they're just kind of puppets. So I don't think Donald Trump really understood how vast the swamp is, and that ultimately, 
the only one who can truly cleanse the land of all the corruption and the evil and the arrogance and the injustice is Yeshua himself. And he's going to do that when he returns. It's going to be a day of great judgment. And I believe, beloved, we're going to see it in our lifetime. I believe he will return in our lifetime. I believe we are the last day's generation. So, having said all that, let's conclude with a beautiful song, Be Exalted, O God, Above All the Heavens. Enjoy this beautiful worship song.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.